what I always say when I'm talking about Ugh, I would have walked into this. Dying is dying, and death is death, baby. Every month, I call her and I'm like, "What can we fucking do for a podcast?" <laughs> like, we we, have, we used to be like recorded at Kpis FM. Shout out! Um, do you guys know Kpis? They have like a stuffed raccoon there. The woman Sherry is wild. If you ever want to talk to her about, uh, mostly she just has she has a lot of drug stories, which I appreciate. She's great, but uh, we mostly have, recorded in my basement. We did. We recorded a lot in Claire's basement, which is it was just good. It was mostly just like us talking about death, and her boyfriend had headphones somewhere else in the room. <laughs> it's just like he was like, "I'm watching Succession," and we'd be like, "We're actually doing a podcast," um, which is good, but it's been really fun. So basically, what we're trying to do with this podcast is the thesis is sort of like the normalization of death and grief, because it's like my sort of thesis is like. Everyone in Western culture specifically is super weird about death. Like you can't talk about it at parties, which like really sucks. But um, uh, but like we're also weird about it, so we're trying to sort of normalize it. So on the best days, we sort of like we got to I, we got to go back to my hometown and talk to like the Undertaker, who's taking care of everyone in my family who's died. It was crazy. He was the loveliest person. And he then, was. Yeah, we also had a great discussion with Grace, who is here in the audience about hell. She uh, majored in religion at Princeton, so she knows what the fuck she's talking about. I was like, I need a religion expert, and I was like, okay, I, I need someone who majored in religion. So, and we got Grace. That was that was that one was an episode. I realized how actually how stupid I was. So I was like, I think a really good idea would be to read all of Dante's Inferno in one day, and literally talk to someone about it. And then we like drank way too many limeritas, and you were like, oh, remember this part in Dante's Inferno? And I was like, oh no, I, I don't remember that part of Dante's Inferno at all. I had the Wikipedia page up the entire time. Yeah, she, uh, that's what a producer is for. Claire is the best. Claire is, give it up for Claire, she's not a comedian. And yes! She wants to make podcasts, and how rare is that one gem, please? Wow. I'm just an avid Wikipedia user. That's pretty much it. That's all you need. All you need, it turns out, to make a podcast is an iPhone and a Wikipedia, which is what we sort of learned. A perfect storm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Maggie, why are you so interested in death? I think I'm interested in death because um, when I was uh, younger, my brother died, and it's sort of become my whole personality. Um, and much like, I mean, I feel like... People who go through this stuff, you're like, I just, I'm gonna make it worth it, the pain and just never shut the fuck up about it. Um, and that's sort of why I've sort of become interested. Um, also, more like sort of a macabre sort of lady, but you know, tap dancing on the edge there. What about you, baby? Uh, I'm only alive because my older sister died. There so, we go. And, and me and my little sister. I'm not in this alone because that would have sucked. That would have been mm -hmm. like, I have to replace Madeline, I have to be cool enough. Me and Mary together, I think we equal a cool enough person. Uh, That's so dark. You're like, oh, I didn't replace her. Actually, me and my sister replaced our dead sister. So oh, we're taking on together. Equals a whole person. We have to be together. Absolutely. But yeah, and my mom actually, she went into uh, labor with me in the cemetery where my sister's buried. That's so. wow. Do you, yeah. Are you a witch? 
possible. Okay. And then we, we go like picnic by her grave. It's Fun. That my mom tried to do that. My mom tried to do that once, and literally, me and my dad were like, "What the fuck? No! Like, that's fucked up. Like, that's really not." I later found out it's like a lot of Filipino families did it, and I was like, "Is this appropriation? Because I find it really fun." We'll see. We'll see when you get canceled for having a picnic by your sister's grave. I was like, "Wow, kind of fucking sucks of you." Yeah. So I feel like yeah, we were all sort of we like. I feel like me and Claire know each other because uh, I was really good. Like. Her her, my ex-boyfriend and her were best friends, and then I stole her. Uh, it's fine, I won, guys. <laughs> it's, it's cool. I used to think you're a bitch, too. I yeah. am a bitch, so <laughs> it's actually fine. But here we are. I'm very happy about this. Yeah. yeah. No, we weren't friends when we started this, but I, I think I got drunk, and I was like, I want to do a podcast about death. And you were like, I love doing podcasts for no reason, but I love it. And I was like, what? <laughs> Weird, for no reason? Um, but yeah, but thanks again for coming, everyone. Wow, they're taking self. Sam, uh, Sam is on the podcast, and he's on the show. Oh, it's actually a picture of me, so continue. Um, actually, keep doing that. Um, all right, should we get this? Let's fucking get this started. Get off, get off, Maggie. All right, you've never seen this person before. Picture, close your eyes. She's got 34 double Ds, luscious brunette hair, and the accent of a Massachusetts person who's trying to hide it. Give it up for Maggie Kathleen Crane. <laughs> normalization of death and then we just used Halloween to sell it. We're like, spooky, come out! And then we're like, actually, it's actually not chill that you guys think death is scary. Uh, everyone needs a marketing technique. Um, so when I, I already mentioned this, when I was um, 12 years old, um, my brother died when he was 14. Um, but it's okay, I'm super, super, I'm super well adjusted. <laughs> she said into a microphone. <laughs> Two strangers. So, um, it all worked out, and sort of like uh, the, the the most recent sort of absolute like bomb I've had with this, which happens when you start to like talk about death on stage. Sometimes it's like the audience is like, "Why are you doing this? We want comedy," and you're like, "Okay." Um, but the worst bomb I've ever had regarding my brother's death was my um, my ex boyfriend's uh, family Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, so we sort of went to my ex-boyfriend's family's house way too soon. It was one of those things we had started dating. It was like two weeks in. I'm like, I'm so excited. I'm going to do nothing for Thanksgiving and just lie around in my bed. And he was like, do you want to come to my family's house? I was like, ooh, I just told him he was doing nothing. And he really can't backtrack. Um, so we went to his house in Connecticut, and I, um, I was, did, not, uh, did not like me immediately. They could sort of be like, this girl, no, 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 no. Um, so I was trying to help his mom, um, was cooking and stuff, and at one point the question comes, um, like, oh, so, like, do you have any siblings? And I was like, oh, yeah, my brother, uh, he died when I was a kid. And she was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. To which I, I, I am so funny. Um, so I sort of responded, like, oh, my God, did you kill my brother? <laughs> and she immediately just... She's holding the, the mashed potatoes and she just drops it. <laughs> like, and then I had to proceed being the reason why they didn't have mashed potatoes at their Thanksgiving. And it totally, totally sucked. Um, no, my, my brother, uh, I used to do this thing at my brother's birthdays where I would sort of like totally like pull focus and make it all about me, like sort of very classic. Um, like he was blind 
And one, one year I made like a huge scene about how he didn't have to be blindfolded by playing pin the tail on donkey, which is a really bitch move when your brother's blind, but I really sort of like got stage time for it. Um, but then like he sort of like got back at me by like right around my birthday um, when he was 14, he decided uh, like to die. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sort of effectively, you got into this, my friend, uh, which is sort of this, like, effectively, like, stole my thunder sort of forever. Um, and then uh, sort of the most uh, tragic part of my brother's death um, was that it happened um, when I was at the height of my rent phase. <laughs> yes. Um, like, I, I, was really, I was really into the rock opera rent. Do we know it? Yeah. Okay, thank you. I did that joke recently in like Huntsville, Alabama, and everyone was like, what is a rent? And I was like, wrong guy, not the room. Um, but no, so uh, like I was like 12 years old and I was wearing like, like, like fingerless gloves fashioned out of socks. And I was like really into fighting AIDS like 10 years too late. <laughs> I was really, I missed the boat on that. Um, and so, um, you, and you know, the whole plot of Rent is that you, there's like a bunch of like New York City artists and their thing is that they just don't want to pay rent and that's it, <laughs> right? Um, so uh, at my brother's funeral, um, my parents um, actually let me uh, pick one of the songs to be played. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I picked a Rent medley. <laughs> and I don't know if you guys know what a medley is, but it's when the actors sing talk the plot of the play. <laughs> so it's like, imagine sort of a bunch of mourners like show up and they're like, wow, this is, this is absolutely tragic. I can't believe this happened to this family. This is actually like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's bad. Um, and that's something actually like I have to live with. He doesn't. So yeah. Um, so when I, I was talking to my ex-boyfriend about how many kids we wanted to have, which, spoiler, we had zero. Um, it actually didn't happen. Um, but he said, he was like, oh, I sort of want, um, I sort of want, like, two. I think that's a good number, and, you know. And I was like, okay, yeah, 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 cool. But I sort of want three, you know, in case, you know, like, anything happens to one of <laughs> And the other one will be, like, an only child. Like, I think it's just, like, it's like economic. <laughs> and of course he was like, no, that is not how that works. Um, but uh, it's like, but I think it's sort of like, it's like good to be prepared. Like, you know, when you like, it's, it's for most things really. It's like, you know, when you like buy a really nice dress shirt. <laughs> okay, not this room. Um, it like comes with like extra buttons. <laughs> Like, in case tragedy strikes. <laughs> so I kind of want that, but um, with my kids is sort of what I want. All right, uh, let's get the rest of this show going. Are you guys warmed up? Okay. I feel like I'm like, you know, I absolutely have to take the bullet on this death show. It's going to be incredible. All right, your first comic is incredible. She has a show tomorrow, but it doesn't even matter to play because it's already sold out. It's her Diwali show at Union Hall. All right, give it up for the beautiful Arne Gulzani! Oh my gosh! Hi everyone. Uh, yeah, the volley party sold out. Who knew? Being Indian is trendy now, but wasn't when I was growing up. Uh, so, looks like everyone caught on fucking late. What's up? How's everyone doing? Warm room. It's really warm in here. Um, Okay, so what do I want to talk about? We're talking about death. Uh, so here's like a fun thing. Um, usually I start out the set by being like, 
Wow, in case you can't tell by my hair color, I am grieving. <laughs> well, uh, I was thinking a lot with my hair. Uh, I so in the past year. So here's the whole thing. About a year ago, it's, it hit a year about a month ago. Um, my best friend in life passed away. It was very um, shocking and upsetting. And so I did something deeply shocking and upsetting to my family and dyed my hair pink, <laughs> right? <laughs> Same thing, right? So it's kind of crazy. Um, so, you know, I dyed my hair pink and then I was like bleach blonde for the summer and I was like very hot but very sad, which is like how that should go. But, you know, I feel like I was very much living up to my brand. But I don't know if anybody's ever lost somebody um, that's your best friend, right? It's like kind of like this weird thing because it's not, so it's like not like your romantic partner, so there's no part of you that can like fuck that pain away, right? And then it's like not a parental figure, so there's no part of you that can fuck that pain away. <laughs> right? It's so fucking weird. It's so weird. And it's, it's, it's one of those like deeply depressing things um, because, you know, we live in this age where we have like constant communication with our best friends. So like grieving your best friend is like, one of the dumbest things I've ever experienced, right? Just for context, the first time I did shrooms, I watched Labyrinth, right? Like, I've done some dumb things, right? I love, I love dumb things, but grieving a best friend is like the top tier dumbest thing. And here's an example of how dumb it is. Um, so like there was one night that I went into the bathroom at this bar in the Lower East Side. Okay, yes, I do go into Manhattan sometimes. <laughs> yeah, she's chic. Uh, despite her like magician's vest, she's chic. Um, you know, she's got it. Uh, so I go into the bathroom, I open the stall, and there's footprints made of shit just all around the toilet. <laughs> and I just start immediately, I know it's deeply upsetting, right? Because I start immediately crying. And I go, I wish Ryan were still alive so I could send him a photo of this. <laughs> right? Like, you know what I mean? And then I text the group chat, right? Does any lady in here have a group chat with like all your, you know what I'm saying? Like the group chat is like this oasis for uh, queer people and women. I really feel like that. It's like, I don't have to see my friends for months, but I got the group chat and it's very, it's very cool. So I group chat all the ladies and I go, you know, this is what happened. I'm so upset. And my friend calls me and she's like, Listen, if you ever see footprints made of shit again, you can text me, girl. I'm always here for you. And I was like, this is so dumb! It's so dumb. It's so dumb. It's so stupid. It's just like a bunch of people telling you dumb shit like that, right? Because like me and my friend, we used to like write music together and stuff like that. And all of our songs are like very stupid. So there's this one time I really wanted to do this song that we used to do. And the lyrics of the song were, please, please, please put your dick away, not on my MTA. Um, please get your dick off the floor and always stay, stay clear of the closing doors. All right, so those are the, the whole lyrics of the song. And I really wanted to like bring that back to life. And so I was in a rehearsal space with my friend. We were trying to like talk about doing the song and I can't stop crying as I'm singing, please, please, please put your dick away. And it turned into like more of like a medley about rape. <laughs> right, and that's like not what the, the song was supposed to be about. The song was about solving the homelessness crisis. <laughs> right, it's so dumb. But then, you know, so he passed away last September, 2018, right? And about a month into that, I switched therapists, which I highly recommend anyone who's like currently grieving and feeling like in a shifting space to find a therapist that actually, uh, you know, is more attuned towards the grieving process. I think that's something that's really important. So I switched therapists and she was like, one of the things you need to do is like go out and actually live life because I wasn't 
doing anything. I was like deeply depressed. I would like show up to these comedy shows and everybody would like look at me as if my bones were about to snap into pieces if they said the wrong thing, right? Or if like they were doing this whole thing where I was like, how are you doing, right? Like I was like, oh my God, you know, I'm doing all right. Like I think I ate a weird sandwich. Like I'm feeling gassy. And like nobody was like really amused by it. They always wanted to know how was I really doing? And I'm like, no, I promise you the sandwich made me gassy, <laughs> right? So I switched to therapist. She said, go out and do things that aren't going to a comedy show. Go out and do things that are like actually hanging out, like living. So classically what I did was I went karaokeing with the man I had fucked the summer prior, right? Which is living life, am I right? Uh, we, we used to be, so what I'm realizing like a year out of it is that like I, it was somebody who I like leaned on my grieving process on. I kind of like emotionally dumped on him because I was like, your dick was inside me. You should be able to handle my emotions. But it's like, no, this is a man who didn't have condoms in his room and had to keep going to the communal bathroom to grab condoms. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is not a responsible enough man to handle my emotions during grieving. <laughs> but we went karaoke and we sang that classic couples anthem. You know what I'm talking about? We sang 16 going on 17. <laughs> it was incredible. Really incredible. And as you all can imagine, um, he does look like an Aryan prince. He's tall, blonde, and emotionally inept, right? Classic signs of an Aryan. Um, just for context, the boy singing in 16 going on 17, he's a Nazi, so that's what I'm saying. And he looks like a Nazi, is what I'm trying to say, the guy I have. He's very nice, but he looks like a Nazi. And so, I can say that because he grew up evangelical, which is like close to Nazism, I would say. So, you know, no offense to anybody who grew up uh, evangelical here. Um, but you know, so uh, there's a moment when um, he's looking at me and he, he's singing, you need someone older and wiser. And I was like, damn, I guess living life really does give me the, you know, the advice I needed because this boy was like 23 and I'm not. <laughs> don't, don't let this magician's best fool you. I'm not 23. <laughs> I make bad decisions, which proves that you can be, you can be older and make horrible decisions uh, sartorially and like in your life, right? So then, you know, that happened, uh, and it just like, I've just been thinking a lot about uh, my relationship with the person who passed away. Um, so this is the person who like, brought me into doing any sort of comedy, uh, like helped me out of an abusive relationship, uh, just did all these like really wonderful, cool shit for me. Like there were nights when we lived together in our apartment where I was like grieving a relationship that was abusive, and it was very, it's a very complicated moment. Um, and so what we did, we went out dancing, and to make me laugh, he traded shirts with a stranger, okay, who was wearing a similar shirt as him, and then we spent a full week putting up ads on Craigslist to find the shirt, okay? <laughs> and every night we'd come home and read the replies from this Craigslist ad, right? It's like a very silly thing. So somebody who like, very dumb shit, but if, if anyone is like a, a survivor of abuse, like having a week where you're not thinking about those moments are actually like something that's very difficult to do. So it was very fucking funny because we're looking, the description of the shirt was vertical multicolored stripes. <laughs> All right, that's a description and he got mad emails. I was like, are men just around Brooklyn trading shirts? Right? Like what? Like this whole time I thought they were just raping people, but I guess they're trading shirts too? Men are so multifaceted to me. It's really crazy. It's really insane. You know, you can have it all as a man. But one of the craziest things to me is that, like, you know, I'm kind of clocking all the things that he did to, like, for me, to help me. 
as a best friend, helped me progress as a person, as a human being. And so one of the last things he did in his life was um, he gave a man who came to the, his cafe every day, a homeless man that came into the cafe every day, a wad of money. And then he went to the train and he actually jumped in front of the L train. But I keep thinking about like all the things that he did to help me and I was like, wow, even his like last act was this like huge act of service, right? Because like now I can no longer fuck any of the trash men I used to fuck off the L train. <laughs> right? Like that's like a huge thing for me. Like look at me. I identify as queer, which kind of means it does I don't care what gender you are. If you're listening to early 2000s rock music, indie rock music and riding a skateboard, I will let you emotionally destroy me. <laughs> but now no longer off the L train. And again, he's only one person, so he forgot about the JMZ baby. He totally forgot about the JMZ. And like it's so, it's so, I just think that like, um, I recently was talking to somebody about like music specifically, about like, she was like, do you feel triggered when you listen to certain music you like listen to together? Um, and I'm like, yeah, but not really about him, right? Because he liked, uh, like we went to see Father John Misty together. So like, you know, that's the kind of white dude he was. Like not to, at his funeral, there was like a reception after and I was like the only woman to speak initially. The other woman was his high school girlfriend and like read this beautiful letter. And I get up and I'm, you guessed it, hammered. Uh, I get up to the mic and I was like, when I met Ryan, he looked like a narc. And we were in a church, okay? The rule was not to curse. And I said, fucking narc, okay? I said narc. And then I told them how I hated him when I first met him. And then I started crying and I ended the speech by saying, this is why you never hand a woman a microphone. <laughs> blacked out during most of it and later on I was like around somewhere in Brooklyn I was like on the train and this girl came up to me and was like do you remember meeting me and I was like yeah, absolutely not and she said you had a great set at your friend's funeral <laughs> and I was like dang dude this is crazy right like that I think that when we think about death and when we think about grieving like I'm going to end on this like very short anecdote of the morning I found out he passed away. So famously, I do live alone in Bay Ridge, so I have to take a helicopter everywhere I go. So that's what I did to get here. Ooh, I'm so sorry I knocked your foot. Um, actually, I'm not gonna apologize, but that's, that's something that my therapist told me. So your foot was in my way. I'm just saying that because your wife passing. If you weren't, I would never say that to you. Um, so, you know, so basically the morning that I found out my friend passed away, um, I live alone. I got a call from somebody who wasn't speaking to me at the time, and I found out he had passed away. And I immediately just started crying. Like, I was having this, like, panic attack because it's something totally unexpected. And then um, I got a knock on my door, which, again, I live in Bay Ridge. Nobody lives by me. Nobody's knocking on my fucking door, okay? But then I remember it's the second Sunday of the month, which means, say it with me, my exterminator is here to spray the apartment. <laughs> I look through the people, it ends up being a new exterminator. It's not my regular guy. He's a new guy who's taken over. Another thing you should know about me, I ha have a collection of fake plastic roaches that I put around my apartment. It's kind of a scarecrow situation, so I don't, you know, they don't, so the real ones don't show up. That and I got hired to do a haunted house a few years ago, and then I became obsessed with them. Whatever. They're performance art pieces, I hate myself too. And so, you know, so I open the door, and I'm kind of like, I don't know how I look because it's, it, you know, how am I supposed to know how I look? I just had this like drop of a bomb information loaded onto me, right? So I opened the door and he goes, isn't this the studio apartment on the floor? And I was like, yeah, and he's like, is there someone in there hurting you, right? Because the studio apartment, there's nobody else that's supposed to be there but one fucking person, it's a tiny ass studio. 
But so I, he was like, is anybody in there hurting you? And I was like, no. And he was like, what's happening? And then I was just like, my best friend passed away and I just found out over the phone. And he was like, can I like come in and talk to you? Like, are you okay? Because you shouldn't be alone. I was like, you can come in. And actually, so, you know, he's sitting, he told me about his mom's funeral, he told me about, like, death happens when you, like, the older you get, it just keeps happening and happening, and, like, you just gotta be like, wow, like, you gotta really live. It's this guy named Anthony, very Italian, lives in Bay Ridge. <laughs> Everyone in Bay Ridge is geriatric, in case you've never been there. Um, and he writes his name and his number on an envelope, and I have it on my wall still. He comes every second Saturday of the month, every time I, uh, every second Sunday of the month when I open the door, he always says, you're still here, see? <laughs> so, what had happened though, was that he was walking around my apartment, he's like, well, I'll still spray, I'm here. <laughs> and in the middle of my panic attack, I have to explain to him my performance art roach <laughs> So as like, much as we're like, fuck, death, fuck people dying, there's like moments of like humanity that peer themselves through. Like, you know, he didn't question me for having these fake roaches. He was like, I know you have, he goes, you got a lot of books in here. <laughs> you know, like there's like, and every second Sunday of the month, every time I open the door, I have somebody, even though I live alone, and I feel like a lot of grieving feels very isolating. There's a weird man that says, you're still here. So I'm very glad all of you are still here as well. So thanks for having me. Choice. My grieving karaoke choice is Landslide, but the Dixie Chicks version. Ooh, specifically, because I think, ready to hate me, guys? I think the Dixie Chicks version is better. Whoa! Wow. Everyone walks out. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. Also, it's an empty room now. Empty room now. Also, I think you can absolutely call a few like speaking at a funeral a set. <laughs> I think what it's absolutely what it is. If you do it right, that's true. Clearly, clearly you do. She killed. Um. Yeah. um but, okay, the thing about moments of humanity in death reminded me, uh, when I found out about my cousin's suicide, I was wearing a zebra onesie, and I was 17 at the time. Are you never able to wear zebra onesies again? Do you see one oh, on TV and you're like, ah! No, I love my onesie, but I just like, I have a vivid memory of being on the stairs being like, oh, so sad, in my footy onesie. In my suicide onesie. <laughs> All right, let's keep the show going right along. And also, a reminder, please get as many drinks as you possibly can drink. It is a challenge, and I will get you. Um, get up for next topic. He was on the podcast, so keep your eyes peeled for our episode coming out with him. It's incredible. He also looks really hot, and I can barely keep it together. Um, give it up for your next comic, my friend, Sam Lanier. Yeah, um been thinking a lot about death recently as well. Um, just this past, um, this past February, I... <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking a lot about death recently. Just this past, um, this past February, I...
someone back here, huh? Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about death recently. Uh, yeah, my my uh, my dad died last uh, this past February, and um, <clears throat> a funny thing they don't tell you about the grieving process is uh, the part where you have to steal all their uh, passwords and financial information. <laughs> my dad, he lived alone, and uh, the kids, we were all uh, next of kin, so we had to go over to his house. And uh, like two days after he died, uh, he killed himself. And we had to kind of burst through the front door and just like start looking for financial documents, you know, to wrap up his estate and stuff. So like my brother was like stuffing mail into his backpack and my sister's like keyword searching like Bank of America password, like on his desktop computer and stuff like that. I'm like looking for his, looking through his wallet for his social or something like that, you know? And it was like, man, did we kill him? Because it really feels like we're committing a crime here, you know? Either that or he's some white collar criminal and we're like FBI subpoenaing his like, whole estate, his body like, or his soul is like barely left the earth and I'm like, all right, we're gonna tear this motherfucker's house apart until we find his ABA routing number, okay? I wanna be able to walk into Merrill Lynch and say, hand over the 401k. Yeah, and then it, it's funny cause that's sort of like the first round, and then there's like a kind of smaller round of stuff. Like, I walked into his kitchen, and I was like, oh man, everything's kind of just the way he left it. Guess all this ice cream's up for grabs, though. <laughs> Maybe I could take this pot back to Brooklyn, you know? I do need another pot. After we were done, like, taking the documents we needed, you know, my siblings and I, we were like, oh, oh, we gotta actually lock up the house, cause like, you know, people will find out the house is vacant and, and robbers will come, you know, so we have to like robber proof it. So then we had to go around the house and actually try and figure out like what a real robber would steal. 
and try and hide it, and we sucked at that, you know? <laughs> we were like, they definitely want this bathrobe he wore. <laughs> he cooked his breakfast on Sunday mornings. <sighs> yeah, there's, it's, I think maybe the theme of the night, I already mentioned this, but there, there are sort of very funny things about the grieving process and all the, all the chores and work you have to do. My brother, he, he planned the um, memorial service and he, he was like, uh, you know, I'll just like get the food dad liked. It'll be catered with the food dad liked. And uh, he ended up just getting food he liked. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's kind of like a sports guy, so uh, there were like beef sliders and french fries and like hot wings and blue cheese dressing. And I was like, Henry, Henry, his name's not Henry. Uh, <laughs> Henry, uh, uh, are we trying to remember my dad or are we trying to have a Super Bowl watch party? <laughs> Uh, I really like this uh, this uh, this bar you picked, but I don't know if it's big enough for the Coors Light train that's about to roll through here. Yeah, it's uh, it, what a special. It's funny. Yeah, it's it's. That's all my like death jokes, but uh, I guess it's it's cool to be a part of this thing and be part of the podcast and see everybody and stuff because um, it is funny how. How very sad and also how very, how very funny um, seeing people die is and being part of the grieving process is. Um, yeah, so I'm honored to be a part of it and um, I'm just happy I could uh, kill my dad so I could get on this show. Uh, thanks so much. workshop those jokes at Mike's like what's it like a few weeks after your dad died yeah and I and like I, the room was like very like tense and I was just like dying laughing and I was like gotta get him on I love it all right should I keep this bad my going yes who we got next uh our next comic is so funny he hosts an incredible show uh side ponytail so check it out give it up for your next comic Ben Wasserman I fucked up what the theme of this show was. Uh, uh, whoops. Yeah, that I, I thought it was a funny riff. Uh, thank you for laughing. Um, okay, last. Uh, uh, I got here late. Has anyone done uh, jokes about uh, losing my dad? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to make sure. Uh, in the last two and a half years, I have lost uh, my father, my grandfather, my uncle, and then about three friends to suicide, and then like two acquaintances to suicide. Uh, so it's been a little bit, uh, a bit of a heavy time. It's um, honestly doing comedy about loss and grief for me in the last uh, two and a half years or so has um, really been like a, a huge help, I think. Um, it has been, has anyone here uh, who is not a performer lost? Someone, yes. Okay, good, thank God. Uh, thank God. Uh, cool, so uh, maybe you get it. If you haven't, just wait. It will happen to you. Uh, unless you suck and have no one who cares about you. It will happen to you, um, but it's rough and being able to talk about it and being able to have a forum to explore it through comedy has been really important to me. But, uh, and maybe this is bad timing, uh, um, 
for this show, I guess, but I am finally ready, I think, for the first time in two and a half years uh, to stop doing comedy about losing people. And I uh, thought uh, maybe instead of just doing comedy about death and losing people, I would do a seance to bring my dad back. Uh, so, I don't know if you guys believe in uh, that stuff or not. I don't know if I do yet. This is my first stab at it. Uh, uh, but really, at this point, I'll fucking take anything. Uh, and again, I've lost a lot of people, but the rest of them could go if I get my daddy back. Uh, <laughs> honestly. And um, so, yeah, has anyone here ever been part of a seance or done anything like that? Say yes, okay, that's more yeses than I anticipated. Um, well, if you are uh, believing in witchcraft and stuff like that, I, I'm sorry to offend you maybe with this bit. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, um, so I want to do a seance um, and try and bring my dad back. I need a little help uh, from you guys. Is anyone willing to be my medium? Um, okay, it's not like a big deal me trying to reconnect with my fucking father. <laughs> um, anyone, uh, it could be random. <laughs> Just anyone. Oh, wow, amazing. Thank you so much. What's your name? TJ. TJ, everyone give it up for TJ. Come on up here. Come on up here. You're gonna, oh my god. You're the perfect height for it. Yeah. Uh, the perfect height. And uh, gosh, I know I needed a medium. This guy's a uh, freaking large. Uh, well oh man, I love this crowd. Cool, so team, come here. Uh, I need a couple more people you wanted to help. You can come up and help. Um, and you will hold a good candle. That's how you know it's a real seance. Uh, we will be lighting a flame. And I uh, just need one more uh, person. You want to help? Yeah. You cool? Okay, come on up. Do you, do you have a bell with you? A bell? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, me too, shit. Uh, I looked up on about.com and said he needed a bell. Yeah, just take my dad's keys, hold them out like that, get out of my light. Uh, okay, so basically this is how it's going to work. Uh, so if uh, we do this right, uh, pretty soon, just hold on, hold on to that, start spinning. Just hold, not my hand, hold on to this. Hold on, is this your first seance? Yeah, mine too, don't give me shit, man. Uh, Keep spinning. Yep, go. Go. Stop. Stop. You're good. Yeah. Okay, cool. So if this works right, uh, basically how it's going to work, I'm going to put DJ in a, into a trance. Uh, he uh, will then go to sleep. Uh, got it? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to uh, snap, count to three. One, two, three. Snap my fingers. You're going to go to sleep, get in a trance. Then we are going to light the candle um, to create the mood. And then um, if uh, my dad comes in, uh, we will hear uh, uh, the a wind. Uh, blow through the keys. Uh, okay. uh, so this is great, and uh, this is not just any fucking uh, seance that you've been to, okay? This is uh, what I like to call an Evanes seance. Um, and with that said, on the count of three, one, two, three, snap, TV, sleep. Oh, wow, something's already happening. Look at that. Uh, here we go, here we go. Oh wow, TJ is in a deep sleep, and pretty soon we are going to welcome the spirit of my father, Howard Zachary Wasserman, born October 29th, just, just in a couple days, 1945, died January. Why are you laughing at that part? It's really weird that I'm, I'm trying to get him back. You know what I want for his birthday? To get him uh, back. Uh, 
Wow, Sun's already happy. This is going to be amazing. Yep, please. Uh, thank you. This is serious business. Uh, wow, Sun's already, this is great. I can feel my daddy coming into the room. This is so cool. Uh, oh, wow, he must have been in the room. Must have been in the room. Uh, daddy, if you're here, wake up. Talk to me. Uh, maybe into the mic. Back to sleep. Uh, back to sleep. Maybe if my dad is here, he'll have the stage presence to know to sneak into the microphone. And you were asleep, teacher. Back to sleep. Can I touch you? You're asleep. You're doing so good with the candle. Thank you so much. It's really not on you. Uh, <laughs> Stop! Not, I don't know if we're ready yet. Are we ready yet? You just, we're ready, we're ready, ready, ready. I just want to speak to my son. Yes, that's great, but you are still asleep, so if you can quietly indicate that, you're making me look like a fucking jerk off. Alright, on the count of three, I, uh, I already feel one, two, three. If my dad's here, wake up, up. How you doing, Ben? Okay, that's not what he sounded like. Back to sleep. <laughs> I wasn't clear, he died of lung cancer, he was a smoker for over 50 years, uh, grew up in Brooklyn, real uh, gruff voice, um, I really need you to nail this because I miss the man, <laughs> like so much, um, so we're going to try it again, like a gruff voice, loving, caring, always interested in uh, my life, and on the count of three, one, two, three. So Ben, is that you? <laughs> yeah, dad, what up? Uh, Dad, are you waiting for yeah. the laughs? Good, no, that's good timing. Uh, what's up? So this is what you're doing with your life now. Okay, back to sleep. He was not only interested in what I was doing with my life, he was supportive of it. We're, all right, we're gonna reverse this. Instead of my dad talking to me, I'll just bring him back and talk to him and tell him all the things I care uh, to say. On the count of three, one, two, three, Dad, wake up. Hi, uh, Dad. Wow, uh, your birthday is coming up in two days, and that... Uh, stop nodding. Uh, he never nodded. Um, <laughs> that is fucking uh, me up uh, real hard. Um, I'm going to go to the cemetery, because that's what I do every year on your birthday, and then I talk to you underground, and I know you're dead, and that's like a weird thing to do, uh, knowing that you can't hear me, and then I still feel like, it, like I need to do it. And it's really... Um, I don't know, mom decided to just work all of uh, your birthday this year, which is at least not drinking all day, so that's good. Um, and it's just been a lot, and I love you a lot. Um, I agreed to do a show the night of your birthday, and that's the first time I'm doing that in a couple years. Um, and that feels weird, and it's like one of those bit shows. Uh, like a homework show, and I'm not really, oh, the song's over, Dad. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I love you and I miss you and uh, back to sleep. Uh, okay, now that may not have looked like a real seance or not. Uh, who knows? Um, if it's. You can blow it out. You can blow it out. Thank you so much. You're so great. You can sit. Just sit there. Give it up for them for helping me out. You back to sleep. Stop laughing. So I'm uh, still up here because we got to know if the seance uh, was real. I felt connected to my dad. Um, yeah. yeah. You're also still asleep. Right? <laughs> so I 
felt connected to my dad. I don't know if my dad was actually here, though. There is one way that I always knew that my dad um, was around and that I was, you know, talking to him, and it's, it's um, whenever we say goodbye. I'm still asleep. <laughs> Say goodbye. He just give me uh, a big wet kiss on my cheek. Uh, <laughs> so as a kind of three, I'm gonna wake TJ up. And if my dad really was here, I'm gonna uh, say goodbye to him, and uh, he will instinctively <laughs> just give me a big wet <laughs> kiss on my cheek. And uh, TJ will keep in mind that I have lost seven people in the last two and a half. Years. <laughs> and I really need this. So I'm gonna three. TJ, wake up. One, two, three. Hi, TJ. Oh, my God. Oh, this is... Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Give it up for Have a good night. Hi. Thank you. We're moving into the band. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is amazing. That was... I love that we had the Spiros up in here. That's so cool. Happy Halloween. We're doing it. Um, we have one more comic left. Are you guys ready? Okay. From also, Claire, like, scream, whispered at me to get her a beer from the other side of the room. And I... Maybe I did it. So, okay. <laughs> give it up for your last comic. He's incredible. You've seen one funnier or die. He's so funny. Please give it up, Chris Calagero! Yeah. Hello. Hi. Hey. Hi. How's everybody doing? Good. Um, cool. Uh, oh, man, Sam. Those, yeah, that was so funny, the way you started your set. I'm going to be doing like, well, that, well poof, like, like all night. It's fucking great. I love that noise. Isn't it soothing? <laughs> It feels good. It feels really good. Um, I, uh, I'm glad uh, Ben uh, did a seance and successfully. That was wonderful. Um, I've been really interested in like seance stuff and like Ouija boards lately. And I, uh, here's the, before I get into like the real meat, I've been looking up reviews of Ouija boards on Amazon.com, and I cannot recommend it enough. <laughs> it is great. It's the best because. There's low star reviews of Ouija boards. There's like two star reviews. There's people who are like, this fucking Ouija, like, this sucks so bad, I gotta write about it. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Uh, but the best part about a bad review of a Ouija board is like there's no other thing on Amazon that contains the range of issues that a Ouija board contains. <laughs> like, it has everything from like the mundane to like, it's like, like somebody being like, oh, this, the components are all cheap and like they broke like after during shipment. I want no credit. And then somebody's like, the other, the other end of it is like somebody being like, hey, I accidentally let a demon out. What am I gonna do? <laughs> Amazon, help me. <laughs> Amazon's like, you want a free month of Prime? Like, there's a portal to hell in my kitchen, man. You can watch Bosch. You like that show, Bosch? There's a show called Bosch. Nobody's ever seen it. Um, <laughs> I am fascinated. I've been, so uh, about five years ago, my best friend and roommate passed away, and um, it was tough. And it was, it, it was extra hard because I was the one who found her in our apartment. So I was the one who saw her and, and, and found her uh, body in our apartment, um, which was just the worst uh, way any roommates ever told me that they don't want to live with me anymore. <laughs> Like, you guys got a couple of Craigslist stories? Cool, I got a brand new life. <laughs> and one I was not prepared to happen to me. And it was very difficult. And I saw her in, in, um, uh, in the living room, and uh, she was, she was uh, face down on the floor. And I, uh, I had to call 911. And um, I don't know if anybody's ever called. Has anybody ever called 911, like for real, real? A couple people from 911, heads up. Yeah, you call them, yeah. Um, it's, 
intense. And when I was a kid, I, like, you know, they always tell you, call 911 if something is happening, like, they'll help you, but, like, this is this is what you do. And I, I always thought, well, yeah, I'll call 911 and be like, hey, need some help. Yeah, catch you later, bye, and, like, hang up, you know? And, like, be very cool about it. Like, but really what happened was I was like, Swearing at them, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do, and they're like, fucking cool. Like, I don't know how they do that job. I'm sure every other call is just like somebody being like, because ah! like that's all I did. I was just screaming and yelling, and I do fucking chest compressions, and um, and uh, and so she she was dead. Uh, she was dead uh, like already, but like they walk you through it just to be able to do something, and then cops came and. Uh, and so I had the ambulance there, and the EMT had the cops uh, shut up. And so when the cops show up to an apartment where two people live and one person is dead, they got to go through their shit, like their fucking shit. I'm talking homicide cops show up, right? And like, I got the best homicide cop. He was great, man. And it was in a, it's like this was in 2015, so. Everybody was like, re it was like starting to really be like, cops are the worst. And I'm like, well, I got a pretty good one. <laughs> but, um, but he was just like, he had this, he had a fucking big belly. He had a fucking one of those big hard bellies. You ever, you ever see like a guy who's like, like over 50 and then his belly is like, like a rock. And his belly button does like this to his shirt. It like makes his shirt. <laughs> you know, like it's just like, you're like his belly button's like like half of his stomach now. And it was just like, hey, what's going on? Are you, we gonna talk to this guy or what? And I was like, oh my God. But also, here's the thing. I am sitting there about to be talked to by homicide cops. So like, I'm thinking about this, like this now I can think about this guy and what was going on, but in the moment, I was just like freaking out. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe, it. How, how can this, how can this fucking be homicide cops? It doesn't make any sense. Um, but now, and like, he, like I've seen enough TV that like, if you go to an apartment and there's one person dead and another person living, I'm like, yeah, you gotta arrest that guy. Like, he's, he's uh, unless there's a guest star in this episode, like he's the guy. And they talked to me, they talked to homicide cops, man, I, fucking, I did that thing. and. It was terrible. I mean, Dick, Dick Wolf really, he did nail it. <laughs> it was terrible. I went out of an interrogation room and it was just like, I was like, oh yeah, it's it pretty Soviet looking shit in here. Bad coffee. I was like, nice job. You guys both, wonderful job, Dick Wolf and you guys for upholding <laughs> the thing of not making anything feel comfortable for anybody in here. Um, but I was, I was obviously, I was grieving a lot and, and, um, and it was hard and like being in the middle of grief is really, is really, really difficult. And, um, as people have talked about, and I, uh, it's weird grieving because you're in this bubble. Like, like time is moving slow and time is moving fast, and you don't know what to do. And like, you want the world to stop, but like, the world just fucking is heartless. The world just keeps moving and moving and moving, and you have to keep moving. You have to keep doing mundane things. You have to keep living your stupid life, but like, you want to stop. You just want it to fucking stop, but like. Your body doesn't, like I had it still shit, you know what I mean? Like, and I was mad about it. I, I was like, why do I have to fucking shit? I can't believe this. I was fear. I was like sitting on the toilet. I was like, look at you, animal. <laughs> Shitting while your best friend is dead. <laughs> She'll never shit again, man. Look at your monster and shit falling out of your stupid ass. 
It's fucking gross, but like you gotta do that stuff, man. You gotta keep, you gotta keep moving. You gotta buy a new metro card. You gotta order Chinese food a lot, and um, it's hard to deal with grief because nobody tells you what to do. Nobody prepares you for it, and like you just do different things to try and help yourself get along. Like one thing that helped me in the in like the like the week or two after was like just walking through New York, like picking up people I would trade to have my best friend back. That was a really helpful exercise, just walking down the street being like, you, you, baby carriage on a crowded subway? Sorry, you gotta go. We'll find a new parent. Get out of here. Is that good for you, God? And a draft pick, please. Send her back. That was helpful. I cried a lot in public. Oh, yeah, where are my public criers at? Yeah, hell yeah, love public. Crying, crying in public is, this is the best city for it. I mean, like, really it is. Like, have you ever just, like, seen somebody crying in public in New York and been like, all right, I think I'm off the hook today because I saw one, <laughs> so it's gotta be them, it's not gonna be me. Crying in public is really something, man. I, uh, cause like, <laughs> like, can you cry in public? You just like, you ever, you, you can feel it coming, you know? I, and I was already sad, so I knew like I had a hair trigger, but you know when you feel it, like you're, you're like out somewhere and you're like, <laughs> You're like you feel like you're like a werewolf. You're like, oh no, the change is happening. Somebody get me to a handicap stall, please. I had a hair trigger for crying and panic attacks. It was like both. I was like having both of them. And uh, and then I, I I was walking down 14th Street and I saw a thing that was like it looked like somebody was like trying to set me up to cry. Like I saw a fucking kid in a full Boy Scout uniform give a chicken finger to a homeless man. And I was like, what the fuck, <laughs> what the fuck is this? Why? <laughs> Who set this fucking up? How is that possible? When have you seen a kid in full Boy Scout uniform in fucking downtown Manhattan? When do you see that ever? <sighs> Crying a lot. Cried in the shower, that's the best place to cry. Oh, the shower is the best. Because like, when you cry in public, you can't not look like you cried in public. You just, you, you know, your face is as a streak, you know, and you're just like, you ever just cry in public and try to walk back out and do like a, you're, you're like, hey, what's up? You're like, you just cry? You're like, I don't cry. I just was thinking about fucking getting emotional. You know, that's all I care about is fucking. You know. But if you cry in the shower, it's great because like you can sit down, right? You can wipe the tear streaks off as they come down. Everything's mixing together. It's great. And the best part about crying in the shower to me is like sometimes when you're crying, like you feel like there's no end to it because it's just like what? Like you don't have to be anywhere. You have to, like you're just home or you're whatever. But like in the shower, you eventually like you got to do some shower shit, right? So like eventually you just have to stop. Like I was just be in the shower, but. <laughs> CVS. Get your life together. So I, I mentioned that I um, I uh, I had to give chest compressions to my friend, and so now I have a thing sometimes where, like in movies, when uh, characters are do are administering chest compressions, like I sometimes I have there's I have to sometimes look away, or I have like very like you know just like on the verge of like a of like a panic attack, or I just get like short breath or something. So I have to like really kind of know what I'm getting into sometimes. And um, which is fine, whatever. I just, we all have 
to get by how he ever get by. But it's just it's just hard to know that that's now part of your life for the first time watching Furious 7. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's hard for that to be the thing that kicks it off. I like I I um my my girlfriend at the time, uh, now my wife, she got uh uh, like press screening for for uh, Furious Seven, and I was like, "Pong, I like love those. I hate, they're so I love them. I they're great. They're not great, but I love them." <laughs> and so I was excited. And so this is like the press screening for New York. This is like where they're gonna like see, they're gonna write their write their reviews for it. And so we get to go because she's worked for Barnes and Nobles, and I'm like excited. And then in that, if you've seen that movie, like, like the first time when that movie came out, everybody was like. Oh, is Paul Walker gonna die in this movie, right? <laughs> and uh, or are they gonna like let him sail off into the sun uh, uh, with a wonderful uh, track that we all love? <laughs> <laughs> and so we didn't. Nobody kind of knew what they were gonna do at the time. So there's a moment at the end where he gets like fucking knocked off his feet and he's like in this fucking rubble. And Vin Diesel is like doing the chest compressions, and I'm like. <gasps> And I'm like, oh shit, this is a thing that now is gonna. And I'm like, <gasps> I'm like, oh, I have to like look away. I start, like, I always have to like shake my hands when I'm like, whoo, whoo. and it, this is all new and happening, and fine. So now I deal with it. <laughs> but it's just like, I like to think that there's like a review somewhere that's like, you might not think the latest installment of this car franchise would bring a man to tears, but you weren't at 34th and 8th last night when I saw a man absolutely lose his shit. <laughs> I didn't, yeah, I stayed, I, I made it through. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the last thing uh, I wanna say is that I, um, I, uh, well, I, so it's weird stuff that reminds you like, like, or it's weird thinking about how you say goodbye to people, right? Like, you, like, uh, somebody was saying that we communicate with our best friends a lot, and that's very true, and we communicate with everybody a lot more than we ever did, and we communicate in ways that don't, and like it doesn't end. Like your text threads don't have like goodbye on them. You know what I mean? Like you just you just assume tomorrow you'll pick up. You'll you pick up from where you left off. But obviously it's not always the case. So I just started thinking about like it's weird that a text thread just stops wherever it stops. And if somebody dies, and I got started getting weird. Like what if I like text somebody a dumb inside joke, and then that's the last thing on their phone when they like I'm just like. There's just like they find my friend and there's like, well, we don't have it, but there's a text from Chris Calagero that says, hey, I'm gonna come in your face. And I'm like, oh shit. That was just a thing that we had. It was like a fun, dumb sex thing, but not really. And I'm at the funeral, they're like, oh, that's the come in your face guy. That's him. I'm like, hey. was like, but it's also like you can't you can't go through this world being the most earnest man who ever lived. I can't just be that all the time. Like it's exhausting and nobody likes it. Like, I can't, someone can't be like, all right, I'll see you later. I'm like, okay, uh, I just want to let you know that you're a shining light in this world. Like, I'm just going to get a beer. I'm coming back. You're like, yeah, no, no. I just want to let you know that I will honor you forever, man. Um, all right, Chris Calderon. Thank you guys very much. Thanks for coming out um, for this great show. It was so cool.